So tonight we're doing the sixth and final of the six constant mitzvahs. The sixth of the Sheish mitzvahs to Medius. The sixth and final mitzvah is Lo Sasura, Don't follow after your hearts and your eyes. Uh, we say it every day. You say it in the Shema. Right? You say it every day in the Tzitzes. Right? Hey, that you should look at the tzitzes, you should see the tzitzes, you should remember them. And then don't follow after your eye, after your hearts and your eyes. Which you do follow after. Incredible. This is the only mitzvah that has a clarification of the Sheish Mitzvah Tamidias. This is the only one that, that you do this. The other one, what was the other negative one? We only had four positives and two negatives. Right? Everyone remembers the Sheish Mitzvah Tamidias. Hopefully by the sixth class you remember all six. Right? Know there's a God. That means know that God exists. It doesn't just mean know that God exists. It means live with that knowledge. I.e. trust Hashem. Have a munim betachon. Trust Hashem. That was the first one. The second one, we did it out of order, but the second one in the order of the Sheish Mitzvah Tamidias is Lo Don't have any other gods. Don't believe in any other gods. We spoke last week, including yourself. That's including yourself. Don't believe in yourself either. There's only Hashem and there's nothing else. There's no such thing as I can't because it's not up to me. That was the second one. Now there's no qualification on that. It's not don't believe in any other gods that you do believe in. It's that's it. Don't believe in any other gods. Third one was Yichud Hashem. God is one. There's nothing else. There is nothing else. Lo yelecho means there's no other power. Lo yelecho means nothing else has any power. Nothing else has any power in this world other than Hashem. Nothing. Nothing can do anything without God, and nothing can do anything with God unless God wants it to be. There's no other power. Yichur Hashem means there is nothing else. It's a little different. Everything. The only thing that really exists is Hashem. Any pleasure we could possibly want, we spoke about. Any pleasure we could possibly desire. It's all a desire for Hashem. That's Yichud Hashem. What was for? Well, now that you understand that, Avas Hashem. Avas Hashem means seek out that pleasure. Avas Hashem means enjoy that pleasure. Take pleasure in Hashem. Number five was Yiras Hashem. Fear Hashem. Literally, fear Hashem. We said we don't go with that explanation that it means awe. No, we're going to fear Hashem means consequences. There is punishment and reward. There are consequences, grave consequences for our actions. And then finally, the sixth one this week, slow sasur. Don't follow after your eyes and your hearts. And then it qualifies it in the Shema. Which you do go after. You do go after them. What's with the qualification? But not only that, before we even get to that, what do we need this mitzvah for? See, if you look in the Gemara, the Gemara says, if you look in the Chinuch, the Chinuch quotes the Gemara, what is Achrei Levavchem Achrei Nechem? Achrei Levavchem Zuminus, the Gemara says. Heresy. That's heresy. To say God doesn't exist. It's heresy, minus. It's atheism. That's what the means, lo achre levavchem. After your heart means heresy. What's after your eyes? Achre nechem, zuznus. Lust. 
desiring women, taiva. Well, let me ask you, what in the world do we need this mitzvah for? If I already know that there's a God, if I am a heretic, if I say that there's no God, didn't I already break the first one? I already broke the first one. Don't believe in any other God? What was that one? Don't believe that there's any other power. Well, Achrei Levavchem and Achrei Nechem means if, means if that's going to give me power, if that's going to give me pleasure, if that's what's going to make my life meaningful, those things that I'm running after, well, then aren't I breaking the second one? <laughs> I'm already breaking the second one. And then clearly, Yiras Hashem, fearing God, I mean, certainly, I've I've messed up that one. So what in the world is this mitzvah adding that the other mitzvahs didn't cover? So, to understand that, if you take a look at the mitzvah very carefully, you see, it doesn't say, don't believe in heresy. That's not the mitzvah. And it doesn't say, don't run after znus. That's not the mitzvah either. The mitzvah is don't run after your heart and after your eyes. Don't run after that. And that is heresy and znus. Illicit sexual relations, stuff like that. That's what it is. But it doesn't say that. It says don't run after your heart and your eyes. Well, it doesn't say that, which means it's telling you that don't believe in heresy That's not the mitzvah. Let's start with that one. That's not the mitzvah. That's a philosophical mitzvah. That's a philosophical mitzvah. We've already covered that. This is something different. Don't go after what you desire. Don't go after what you want to be true. Don't go after what you feel like is true. See, if we categorize the first five mitzvahs, what we will say is the first five mitzvahs are understanding what the world is about. That's what the first five mitzvahs are. All of those first five of the six constant mitzvahs are all in one category of what the heck is life about. That's what they're for. They give us the framework of what life is about. Where do we get our values? Where do we get our meaning from? We get our meaning from Hashem. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing else will give us meaning. Nothing else will give us real pleasure. Nothing else will give us real satisfaction. And nothing else can make us great. Other than Hashem and Yichud Hashem. And a desire for that. Lo Sasuru is, alright, now that you know what life's about, now let's put that into a behavioral mitzvah. Now let's put that into a lamaisa. All right, what's preventing you from doing it? What's preventing you from doing it? You could know that there's a God. You could know that everything that you do matters. And you could know that all you want is Yichud Hashem. And all you want is a relationship with Hashem. And what? Never do it. Never do it. Why? Because you're running after the heart and the eyes. And what is that? That is, the heart is, you know what the heart is? The heart is what you feel like doing. What you have an emotional 
desire to do. This is what I feel like doing. And you know what the eyes is? Znus, that's what you want. <laughs> it's like Shimshon said when he saw Dalila. He's like, that's the one I want. Not Dalila, yeah, the first one when he saw. He's like, that's the one I want. Why? Because I saw her. That's it. As soon as I see her, I want her. See, this mitzvah, this mitzvah is the battle. This is the battle that we have in this world because this goes back to the very root of who we are. If you were to categorize the first five mitzvahs, you know what the first five mitzvahs are? Know what reality is. That there is Hashem. And that's all that there is. You know what the sixth mitzvah is, if you would? Know what you are. That's what the sixth mitzvah is. The first five are know what reality is. Number six is realize what you are. Realize what we are. Lazy human beings that have a constant struggle between body and soul. The body constantly wants nothing more than comfort. Comfort. And given that reality, when we understand that the human being is, in essence, an animal, because we were made from the ground just like the animals were, that's what it says right in the Torah in Sefer Bratis, right in Mysa Bratis, that Hashem made us from the ground. That means that we are physical beings just like an animal. And we have instinctual drives just like the animals. Because what is instinct? See, the human being is combined of two things, instinct and intellect. Intellect is something different. That's not just the way the brain works. The brain works is just keeping the body, sending the impulses on what the body is supposed to do. But the brain sends impulses based on what the body tells it as well. And that's instinct. Instinctual beings do what they need to survive. That's it. And Judaism comes along and says, Don't follow after those instincts. Those instincts of what I desire, what I emotionally am connected to. No. Don't go after what you see and what you convince yourself that you want. Isn't that true? We see it, we want it. The eyes are incredible. It is probably the only organ so to say, that as soon as it has a response, instantaneously the brain deals with it. Instantaneously the brain deals with it. As soon as it gets it, it doesn't have to come into the body. It's instant. The brain deals with it. I want that. I see it. I want it. So what the Torah is telling us is two things. One, not what we feel like doing, not what we think we want to do, but what we need to do. How many times, how many times you hear a kid say, no, I need it. <laughs> you don't need it, you want it. And the first voice, the first voice that the body tells us is what? I can't. I can't do it. Right? Think about it. You woke up in the morning. What's the first thing that the brain tells? I can't get up. Can't do it. Now, once you finally get past that, then what? I don't feel like it. I don't feel like getting up. And once we get up, no, of course I can get up. I'm not going to be a cripple if I get up. I'm not going to get out of bed and my legs are going to snap and break in half. Of course I can do it. 
I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like doing it. I have desire to stay in bed. I have a desire. The pillow's so soft. It feels so good. And you ever notice that when you first get in bed, I mean, and obviously after a long day, yeah, when you first get in bed, it feels so good. But that's after a long day. But you ever notice that it takes a while to find just that right comfortable position? Not when you wake up, though. It is so comfy when you wake up. <laughs> it's just so comfy. It's like the bed was molded around us. It's incredible how comfortable that bed is when you wake up. We don't feel like getting up. And then finally, if we struggle with that battle and we convince ourselves that no, 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 come on, you'll feel, you'll feel better if you get up. Says who? <laughs> who says I'll feel better? Who says I want to get up? Who says that's what I want to do? I want to? Who says? We constantly struggle with that battle of what we feel like doing versus what we want to do. And that is the battle that goes all the way back to the story of creation in the Garden of Eden, in Gan Eden, between the Nachash and Adam and Chava. What does the Nachash say to Adam and Chava? What does he say to Chava? He only speaks to Chava. What does he say to her? He says to her, he says to her, no, no, no. Don't you know that God doesn't want you to eat from the tree? God doesn't want you to eat from the tree because on the day you eat of that tree, you will be like God. You will be like God. Greatness. Not eating from that tree, it's holding you back. It's holding you back. So what's the first thing that the Nachash is telling her? That is what you want. You want greatness. Everybody in this room wants greatness. Of course we want greatness. And that's what the Nachash says to her. You want greatness. That tree is holding you back. You've got to eat it. Right away. She goes right for the heart. You want greatness. You want greatness. You desire it. You have to have it. And then what is that goes on? Chava says she looks at the tree and it was a desirable. It was desirable. She saw it. She wanted it. She saw it. She wanted it. That's it. The constant struggle. Constant struggle between the body and the soul. This is the struggle. See, you realize that this is a struggle that has nothing to do with whether what you know is right or wrong. You could know without a doubt that there's a God. You could know without a doubt that all you want is a relationship with Hashem. You could know it. You could know without a doubt that not doing that is holding you back from greatness. And you could know without a doubt that nothing else is going to give you pleasure and nothing else is going to give you a feeling of fulfillment. And still what? Not do it and <laughs> not do it <laughs> why because we're lazy because we don't feel like it and we don't want to it's almost like a drunkard an alcoholic you go up to an alcoholic and you ask him do you want to spend your life being a drunk is that what life's about 
What? There is not an alcoholic that will tell you, at least not while he's drunk, who will tell you the purpose of my life is to be drunk. That is the purpose of my existence. No. They know that that's not what their purpose is, and yet they still do it. So this mitzvah has nothing to do with knowing what's right. This mitzvah has to, totally to do with understanding who we are. Understanding that that is the struggle in dealing with the Yetzirah. Gadol Adam Gadol HaYitzray. The greater the person, the greater that Yetzirah is. The greater the person, the greater his ability to rationalize and to emotionally desire anything and think that that's what he should do. And think that that's what he should do. Think about it. You don't have to, I don't have to give you great examples, but you can come up with your own. How many times has that voice said to you in the morning, no, you need to go back to sleep. Yes, you could get up. You need to go back to sleep. You will not function properly if you don't go back to sleep. You'll be better off in the meeting if you sleep more. You'll perform better. The day will go, <laughs> and inevitably what happens? Next thing you know, the alarm's going off and you're supposed to be there in four minutes instead of 45 minutes. You're like, <laughs> you run and flustered. What happened? We convince ourselves that that's what we want, and that's what we feel like doing. Because default, 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 default of the human being is comfort. Comfort. You have a question? Yes. Yeah. The external more how like a gadol would have a bigger Sahara than we would? <laughs> if I was a gadol, maybe I could answer that. You're saying the larger you are, the bigger your Sahara. Could you explain that? So I'll tell you a story from the Gemara that explains it. And then it'll need some flushing out. Abaye was walking along. I'm pretty sure it was Abaye. was walking along. He was walking on the path. And you, know, you have to picture back then, you know, countryside. You know, it's not like today where, you know, countryside and forests and woods and paths going through and... People used to walk from one town to another. It's a little bit of a different image than today. So Abaye was walking along, and he sees, sees a young couple, a young man and a young girl, that also coming along to the, to the crossroad, to the, to the path. And they introduce each other. Hello, my name is so-and-so. What's your name? Oh, my name's so-and-so. Oh, and, you know, and he starts putting on the guy moves. He's, uh, he's you know, he's schmoozing, he's... Flirting, not a buy, the other guy. <laughs> and he says, oh, where are you headed? Oh, I'm headed that way too. You know, small talk. Oh, like you meet someone in a bar. So, oh, where are you headed? I'm heading that way too. Let's walk together. You know, spend some time together. So a buy hears, and he obviously thinks, okay, let's see where this goes. I'll walk, you know, I'll, I'll follow and walk behind and see where this goes. And they're walking, and they get to, after a while, after a nice long walk, they get to a fork in the road. And the gentleman turns to the young lady and says, all right, this is where our paths depart. Because right, I'm heading this way, you're heading that way. And it was a pleasure spending time with you. And thank you for the walk. Take care. And they parted ways. And Abai on the spot started crying. 
And he said, if the one who hates Abaye, i.e. myself, if that was me, I would not have been able to do what he just did. And he went and he cried to his Rebbe. And his Rebbe said, don't you know? The greater the man, the greater the Yitzhahara. Now, yeah, you wouldn't have been able to do that because you're a much greater man than he is. So your Yitzhahara is much stronger. So to practically put that into terms that maybe you can understand if you don't understand the story on the surface, you ever hear of something called the Frum Yitzhahara? You ever hear that term thrown around? The Frum Yitzhahara. You know what the Frum Yitzhahara is? Where the Yitzhahara convinces you to do something that is the right thing to do just not the right thing for you to do at that moment. And it convinces you that that's the right thing. That that's the right thing you should do. Spend your day doing mitzvahs when you're really supposed to be doing something else that needs to be done. You spend your day doing mitzvahs, though. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile the, the things that you needed to do today and take care of aren't getting done. That takes a very powerful Yetzirah to convince you that that's the right thing to do. Only a Gadol could do that. Only a Gadol can convince himself that really the right thing to do is to embarrass and humiliate people. L'shem Shemayim! Telling people that they're wrong and constantly correcting people. L'shem Shemayim, doing it for the right reasons. Where the Yitzhar convinces you to do something that you shouldn't do. That that's not what you should be doing. But yet convinces you in the most incredible way by what? Convincing you to do something that's a mitzvah. <laughs> My Yitzhar, straightforward, just go back to sleep and just blow off the day. There's no mitzvah involved there. I'm not that great of a person, obviously. But a Gadol? A Gadol wouldn't convince himself to sleep all day but he'll convince himself to be occupied in other things. Everybody's got a Yetzirah. Everybody's got a Yetzirah. The greater you are, the greater the Yetzirah. And that goes right back to the story of Mike Sabratius, the Nachash. The snake, the Torah says, is the most cunning of all creatures. Don't mess with that one. You don't understand the power. And that is this mitzvah. So powerful is this mitzvah that David HaMelech says. David HaMelech says, if you read Tehillim and you read David HaMelech, he davens all the time. He says, Give me a pure heart. Save me from this sin. Save me from that sin. Purify me from this. Purify me from that. But then along comes David HaMelech and he says, Make my eyes not see that. What do you mean, make my eyes don't see that? Just say, don't let me be affected by it. No. Not plausible. If you see it, it's too late. That's why the Torah says, Asher atem zonim If you open up the door just the slightest bit for what you feel like doing or what you convince yourself that you want to do, that's it. It's too late. We have to have a realization, the power of the Yitzhahara, and the realization that we have to check ourselves constantly, constantly, 
this is what I want to do. And this is what I know I want to do. The first five of the Sheish Mitzvah Timidius. Now, what am I doing about it? How am I doing? How am I getting there? What am I doing each day that is getting me closer to those five mitzvahs? A checks and balance system. We must have that. If we don't have some type of cheshbon, if we don't have some type of checks and balance system, then clearly we could know exactly what's right. We could know what's wrong and still never accomplish it. Never accomplish it. Day in and day out and day in and day out and day in and day out make the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over again because we're not checking. We are creatures of habit. We are creatures of habit and our emotions and our emotions, the heart, the heart, the heart, the emotions are so powerful. They are so powerful that we believe that that is the right thing to do. How many times do you hear people say, just do what's right in your heart? And along comes Judaism and says, nonsense! <laughs> nonsense! Do what's right in your heart? You can't trust your heart. See, Judaism comes along and says, look, human beings are a combination of body and soul. The body is the emotion. The soul is the intellect. The body is the intuition. The soul is what's understanding to be right and wrong. And you must have both. A human being without emotion is dead. That is the definition of death. But emotion without intellect is dangerous. Shol HaMelech. The most powerful emotional mitzvah in the Torah, the one is that's so difficult to swallow, the most powerful of emotional mitzvahs is the mitzvah to hate Amalek with a passion so strong we have to wipe them out. Hate Amalek. And it is so hard for people to swallow. In today's day and age where everyone is good and the politically correct, that humanity is, as a whole, we're all good people, and Shalom Melech. And it's understandable. It's understandable. See, the first five mitzvahs, you have to understand this. The first five mitzvahs, you can understand intellectually how there's one God. If you've got a warped sense of right and wrong of what exists in reality, intellectually you can approach it and say, no, that is incorrect. But go ahead and intellectually argue against your heart. Not so simple. Not so simple. Shalom Melech. The first king, he spared the Amalekites. Why? Emotion. Compassion. He showed them compassion. He was connected emotionally. And that very same Shalom Melech lost the kingship because of it. What kind of Judaism? What kind of, what kind of is this? That just because you let people live, you should lose the kingship for eternity? That's it. Done. Out. Yehuda now. David Amelech, he's got it. That's it. Shaul, you are out for eternity over an emotional response. What is that? Because it's dangerous. It is dangerous because that very same Shaul Amelech, when it came to another emotion, what was that emotion? The love of his children. When he was told that that's it, the kingship's done, 
He wasn't concerned about himself. He was concerned, well, what about my children? I want my son to be king. And I want his son to be king. He was emotionally connected to his children. So powerful was that emotion that he went and killed innocent people. Wiped out a whole city of innocent people to find David Amelach. Emotions are dangerous. Judaism comes along and says, no, no, no. Give to me your heart, Hashem says. Give me your heart. You want emotions? You have to have emotions. But those emotions must be in check with what's right. Those emotions must be in check with what's right. Because otherwise, we just follow our instinct and our intuition and that will lead us down the wrong path because we will convince ourselves that it's right. We will convince ourselves that that's what we should be doing and waste our lives. Convince ourselves and waste our lives. Emotionally connected because that's what we feel like doing. How many times do we make mistakes because we feel like it? We give in to anger because we emotionally allow ourselves to do it. That's what we feel like doing at that moment. Can you memorize the six constant mitzvahs? Can you live with it? Can we be real with it? Oh, come on. Come on, Rabbi. What do you want from me? It's so hard. It's so hard to be real. I don't feel like it. Don't say I can't. Of course you can. You know you can. That was last week. But do you feel like it? We don't feel like it. It's too hard. It's too hard. I mean, come on. Can't I have some time? Can't I have some time off? <laughs> Can't I have some time where I don't have to think about it? I mean, come on. I woke up. I jumped out of bed. Fine. I got up. I jumped out of bed. I'm still asleep, but I'm out of bed. You want me to wake up? We don't feel like it. We just don't feel like it. And what's worse, what's worse is we convince ourselves that we don't even want it. Who says I want it to be great? You said I wanted to be great, Rabbi. I never said it. Moshiva says, well, you want to be mediocre? <laughs> I never said I wanted to be great. We convince ourselves that that's what we want. That's what I want. I want the car. I want the this. I want. We see it. We, that's what we want. Without a checks and balance, we will constantly asher atem zoni machareham. Without fail, without trial, without any challenge whatsoever to it, we will default into comfort. Take the easy road because it feels so much better. And that's what we want. <laughs> we want to feel good. If it feels good, it must be right. Someone's saying that. How could something so wrong feel so right? We put those things so close and hand in hand. We don't feel like making the effort. We don't feel like fighting the fight. And therefore, we don't want to fight the fight. There is only two ways to go about this that I'm aware of. 
that I understand is one is a checks and balance. We must have a checks and balance. What am I doing? It's called a cheshbon. We must. The Chovas Levavas in the Duties of the Heart, he opens it up and he says that the greatest enemy you have is inside of you. <laughs> and when you go to sleep, he's awake. And when you ignore him, he doesn't ignore you. And when you beat him, he comes back and fights you even stronger. And if you win, instead of taking the trophy and gloating with it, instead, he just uses that to enter the next fight. And that's the Eight Sahara. That drive. The body. When I feel like it, and when I want. And the only way to deal with that is with a checks and balance. What did I do? Everyone has to come up with their own. You can't, you can't go with mine and you can't go with someone else's. You have to come up with your own and it's got to be something that will last you for the rest of your life. And it can't be too much. Tafastam rubelo tafasta, the Gemara says. You try and grab on too much, it'll last you maybe a month. You start doing a cheshbon. I remember I, so many times I started doing a cheshbon in yeshiva. Lasted maybe a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to be great. I'm going to tackle the world. It's got to be small enough that it can last you the rest of your life. But it's got to be big enough that it has meaning. It's got to be big enough that it has meaning. You can't at the end of the day say, all right, all right, did I have a good day? Yeah, okay, that's my cheshbon. <laughs> But if we don't have a checks and balance, we can go through life knowing clearly what we want and never getting it. That's one. Two is in terms, in terms of our emotions. We've got to accustom ourselves and accustom our emotions to change. Because what are emotions? Emotions, we say, are the heart. The heart is a muscle, like any other muscle in the body. It can be trained. It can be trained. The proof of that is, the proof of that is, we have all trained our hearts. We have, each and every one of us have trained our hearts to emotionally respond to something that, rationally speaking, is ridiculous and should have no emotional response whatsoever. Zero. I'll prove it to you. I have an imaginary friend in my mind. I just created him right now. My mortal enemy just came and shechted him, killed him this second, stabbed him and bled all over the place. Anyone feel bad for my friend? Anyone have any emotional sadness? Over my friend? No. Why? Because it's not real. When's the last time any one of you cried over some character that didn't exist? Or felt emotionally connected and had great emotion over the struggle that a character went through that doesn't exist? Not real. It's not real. Everyone knows it. It's not real. When Frodo was struggling up the mountain, you're like, oh, come on, come on, you can do it. 
Who can do it? It's not real. What are you? <laughs> We're on the edge of our seats. Come on. It's not real. And we cry. And we laugh. And we feel warm and fuzzy over nothing. Why? Because we have trained our hearts to do that. We've trained our hearts to do that. We have trained, literally trained, our hearts to feel that emotion. A heart is a muscle like any other muscle, and it can be trained. I will prove it to you as well, that each and every one of you has trained your heart to even change. One of you, go ahead, say it right now. Say, Shem Hashem, without a bracha. Just say God's name. Go on. Not a single one of you will do it. And if you heard someone do it, just throw God's name out like that. You know, oh my God. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. You just throw God's name out like that. But I promise you, most of us, including myself, grew up singing songs, singing blessings, singing brachot, when you weren't even saying a bracha. And it was beautiful. And you sang it in harmony with people. And it was beautiful. And now all of a sudden, to hear that name being thrown out like that, you're aghast. David HaMelech says, My feet take me. They take me to the base medrash. My feet take me to the base medrash. The Gemara Brachla says, what you That when you have a struggle, David HaMelech is saying that when you have an inner turmoil within yourself, that your very own feet can take you somewhere. And they'll take you to the base medrash. How? If we accustom ourselves to do that if we accustom ourselves that that is the emotional response, if we accustom ourselves, excuse me, by habit, which is not a good thing. We don't want to live by habit. But better we live by good habits than bad habits. If we accustom ourselves to have certain emotional responses, that is how we can beat There's no other way. Why? Because you will go after them. There is no choice. We have to have a checks and balance system and we have to literally have accustoming ourselves to doing the right thing. See, the first five of the six constant mitzvahs again, and we'll wrap up with just a summary of the six constant mitzvahs. The first five are an understanding of what we want. What do we want to accomplish in this world? What do we want to do? What do we desire? The sixth one is, all right, but what are we doing about it? What are we actually doing about it? Are we rationalizing to get ourselves out of it? When it comes to a decision as to what we do, are we saying, well, what's the right thing to do? Or are we saying, well, what do I want to do? <laughs> right, do I want to help the community? Do I want to build the Jewish people? Or do I want to do that's what's going to get me a step further in my career? Are we asking ourselves, what's the right thing to do? Or are we asking ourselves, yeah, but what do I want to do? What do I feel like doing? And be careful. Be careful. You have to be very careful because we can fool ourselves very easily and think that that's really what the right thing to do is. 
that gets into your head. The greater his ability to convince himself, no, that is the right thing. I need it. I need that. I need to have this drink. I need to go back to sleep. I need to buy these things. I need it. I can't function without them. We can really rationalize. Those are the six constant mitzvahs. The Chinuch in his introduction, when he says the six constant mitzvahs, he says, I'll give you a simon to remember them. Now usually a simon, usually a simon is a mnemonic device to help you remember that specific thing. A name, a letter, some connection. He doesn't do that here. He says, you want to know what the simon of the six constant mitzvahs are? Sheish Ire Miklat. The six cities of refuge. The six cities of refuge. When do you go to the cities of refuge? And you kill somebody by accident. And someone's out to kill you. That's the simon. That's the simon. You know who's out to kill you? The Yetzirah. And you know who you killed? The Neshama. Run to the six Ari Miklat. To the six constant mitzvahs, sheikh mitzvahs, tenidius. That will protect you. That will protect you. The Gemara says it. That the Yetzirah is mevakesh lahamisoiso. It wants to kill you. It wants you to commit suicide. Right now. And the only saving grace is sheikh mitzvahs, tenidius. That's it. That's it. The sheish mitzvahs to medias. Six constant mitzvahs. Every moment. Every moment. Every moment. Do you know that there's a God? Are you living with it? Are you living with trusting Hashem? He loves you. It's all going to work out. Everything's good. There's no such thing as bad. Hashem loves you. What could be bad? There's nothing else. There is no one else. There's nothing else that'll give you this pleasure. There's nothing else that has the power. Not up to you. Not up to you. What do you mean I can't? If Hashem helps you, you can. <laughs> if Hashem helps you, you can. And there is nothing else. Anything you think that exists is not real. It's not real. None of it is real. It's not real. Period. We get so emotionally wrapped up, but it's not real. The only pleasure that we desire, including the Lakers, the pleasure that we get from the Lakers is Avas Hashem. That pleasure is Hashem. What do you like? <laughs> got a ball in a hoop. Will you? you know what the pleasure is? Perfection. The ultimate game. You know when you really enjoy a game? When you see him do something that was like, whoa, did you see that? But the, the end of the, the, the number, that's the, that's the pleasure of the basketball game. So it's 76 to 48. What the? It's a number. It's when you see that, that perfection. When you see the team work together. That's achdus. That's Hashem. That's Avas Hashem. You're Hashem. Don't forget that. You forget that. There's going to be consequences. And then finally... Now you know what it's about. 
Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Because that's constantly, we're constantly distracted. Constantly distracted. Can you think of these six at all the time? Yes. Remember the first time you drove a car? <laughs> first time you drove a car and your buddy was in the back seat because you know you had your parent or someone there because you have to have someone to drive with you. You had the permit and they start asking you a question. Mom, shh, I'm driving. Shh. <laughs> yeah, there's, a car, there's a car coming the other way. You want to get us killed? <laughs> you want to hit it head on? I can't, I can't pay attention here. That was the first time you drove. Right? Imagine the 20th time you drove. In today's, you put it in today's day and age, you got the cell phone going, you got the radio on, and you're talking to the guy in the passenger seat, telling him what the person on the cell phone said. <laughs> can't put it on speaker because you got the Bluetooth. And you're driving, one-handed, while you're playing with the radio with the other hand. Now, how are you doing that? How are you doing all those things at once? Because your brain got accustomed to it. Once your brain got accustomed that this is how you drive, you got to pay attention to the wheel, you got to pay attention to the car, you got to pay attention to the speedometer, you got to pay attention to the gas, you got to pay attention to your rear view mirror, you got to pay attention to the side view mirror, you got to pay attention to all these things. Once you got to a point where those things became natural, now you could add something. And once that became natural, you can add another, you can add another, you can add another, you can add another. Chazal say that we have 70 tracks to our mind. 70. You know how many we use? One. <laughs> 70 tracks to our mind. All we have to do is take a lot of time, an allotted amount of time, and focus on one until we get to the point where that one is second nature. Pick one of the six constant mitzvahs. The best one to pick is obviously the first, and then the second. And then the third, there's an order. But just for the next month, that's it. That mitzvah is all you're going to think about nonstop. And at the end of the month, you can add one, and then another, and then another. Sheish mitzvahs timidius. You run to the Ari Miklat, you're safe as can be. Gentlemen, I thank you for allowing me to do this. I, I, this is certainly not meant to be an exhaustive understanding of the Sheshmets of Timidius, <laughs> because as I mentioned, the first five are understanding reality. You can never fully understand that. And the sixth is a constant checks and balance system, so certainly that is an ongoing in Voda. But uh, I know it has helped me. I know it has changed me. I hope it's changed me for a tremendous scale but that's yet to be seen but i hope it's helped you as well and uh try and remember them and 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 live with them not just remember them live with them and these classes were again in the schus of a refuge of rabbi yisrael Noyach ben hinda and uh thank you <laughs>